Listen, I was debating whether I should take out the computer to write. Seriously. Because now I'm all like, ah, and guilty conscience about using technology. It's me, Cindy. I blame it on yet another new book from the library. This one's called Digital Minimalism. It's not exactly Marie Kondo trimming your use of technology, but instead pointing out what you might be losing by investing so much time falling down the rabbit hole of smartphones, apps, and the internet. In essence, being plugged in. And that, of course, makes me think it might not kill me to back away from technology a little. So I'm like, can I use the computer and still feel like I'm backing away? And my answer is, because I got nothing to prove. Yeah, okay. Just don't click on that little globe thing to jump on the information superhighway. I know it doesn't only happen to me, and if I didn't know already, I certainly would after reading this book, about how tech companies specifically design apps and websites to get you to connect and stay connected. I don't know what those design tricks are exactly, but I know they work all too well as I catch myself clicking from one site to the next or scrolling through Twitter or Facebook. I usually stop myself when I become aware that's happened. That said, to be fair, I'm not saying I don't get any value from it. Staying informed about what's going on both in the greater world and my own little corner of it, it's just that there can be a cost to being too plugged in for too long. The author, Cal Newport, is also a professor of computer science and somewhat ironically a guy proudly off the grid. I think he said the limit of his involvement with technology is for the most part his flip phone. He starts out pretty much the way you think a book called Digital Minimalism would, how some are inclined to spend excessive amounts of time on devices, apps, and the internet. And he has examples, like the responses and reactions of volunteers who committed to 30 days tech-free. I don't want to spoil it for you in case you're going to read the book. It reminds me of a really great book I read by the mother of three teenage kids who were always nose down in their smartphones and how she pulled rank and yanked everyone off technology for a solid year. It's called The Winter of Our Disconnect, and it's pretty remarkable to read about what they lost and what they gained in the process. I loved it. Back to digital minimalism. I'm only about a third of the way through so far, but there's another part that has really struck me. Our pal Cal, you know, professor, author, buddy, talks about how valuable solitude is, how important it is to be able to let your mind wander, to let it skip over things and labor over areas that need help. You know, you're washing dishes or sitting at your desk. You realize you're thinking about a person, a problem, a dream, whatever. And sometimes through letting your brain just mosey around in its own direction, you come upon an answer or an idea or a new way of seeing something. That's pretty nice and sometimes hugely helpful when that happens. But Cal says, by having a tiny portable entertainment center in your pocket or bag, you can fire it up and find some fun at a moment's notice at the slightest twinge of boredom or an unclaimed minute. And there goes the option of downtime for your brain. Did you think that's an amazing thing to ponder? Assuming you make sure you're getting the time to ponder. That's what he says. I wouldn't presume to think you're too caught up in the wonders of technology. Anyway, so I was thinking about how free thinking is such a great thing and how I don't think I've ever seen the value from his perspective as a necessity. Yeah, mind-wandering, daydreaming, it's fun and can be pleasant and has at times led to my working something out. But the larger idea of solitude, as he describes it, is not having anyone else's voice but yours in your head. So his idea is totally no tech, nothing to get in the way, distract you or grab your attention. Interesting too, because I always thought solitude had something of a negative connotation. I mean, solitary confinement, never a reward. 
even being sent to your room as a kid. It's not like, here's some time alone. You're going to love it. Nope. It was a punishment. You're going to isolate you from the rest of the family. We're going to confine you to your room. Then you'll be sorry. So I'm kind of surprised at this new angle to look at it from, but it does make sense. Solitude, being alone with your thoughts, is, is a good thing. Maybe just not all day, every day, because you got to have some social contact too, but you know. Like I said, I'm not even halfway through the book yet, and I'm sure there'll be more big ideas, but so far, there's been a great collection of interesting little bits of information. Did you know when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone, he called it an iPod that can make phone calls? Look at it now, a million and one uses. You could, if you had a miracle battery or just always stayed plugged in, go from one thing to another and never put your phone down again. Just conceivably, you know. I don't think anyone is at that stage yet. How often do you check your phone? Here's an interesting experiment. Make your best guess and then download the app Moment. It'll show you how often you check your phone in case you're curious about where you fall on the spectrum of smartphone users. If it turns out you're more connected than you realized, it'll also give you a couple of ways to back off a bit. Here's another startling stat talking about how often you check your phone. This book says that kids who were born after 1995 have always had smartphones in their world, and they spend an average of nine hours a day on their phones. That's the average. Nine hours, which means half surveyed spent less, but half spent over nine hours a day on their phone. Doesn't that kind of kill you? If I add my iPhone and my iPad together, I'm pretty sure I'm nowhere near nine hours a day, but you don't see me downloading Moment to verify. I will admit they both factor into my daily schedule. Checking emails, what I do first and most often. Facebook sucks me in by sending an email that says, so-and-so mentioned you on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, so-and-so, I haven't heard from old so-and-so in a while. And so I bounce over to Facebook to see what old so has to say. And then I see someone else posted something fun. And well, you know, if I go on Twitter or Pinterest or LinkedIn, I have to slap my hand sometimes to go back to whatever I was doing originally before I got diverted. I get it. Like slot machines, scrolling through Facebook or checking your email or Twitter feed or whatever holds the possibility that something good or even great will pop up. There's a famous experiment from B.F. Skinner, who is famous himself for several great human behavior experiments. This one, first with pigeons, taught them to peck a button for food. The pigeons would peck, eat till they were done, and then move on to whatever else they were doing in their life. But when he changed the button to only give food randomly, the pigeons started pecking nonstop, as though it was no longer just about the food, but about the reward. Yeah. The phenomenon is called variable rewards, and our brains are wired to derive a burst of pleasure from it. The win, if you will. That section of the brain is referred to as our pleasure center. It's activated by food, alcohol, luxury items. It plays a significant role in addiction. What's particularly interesting is that that pleasure center is less active when the reward was actually received and most active while anticipating the reward. Really, isn't that fascinating? Product designers apply the concept of variable rewards to get us to spend more time on the app, the internet, or our smartphones. Bastards. Fascinating, right? So I'm taking all this in, and I'm feeling like maybe I should just delete the Simon's Cat game from my iPad, or just be careful to make the conscious decision to play rather than fall into it and be aware of the time I'm spending on it. And I'm also realizing there's a little like, ooh, kind of thrill when I think of playing, because maybe I'll win a round or two, you know, that variable reward. So yeah, BF Skinner, that's a thing. Anyway, 
If you're interested in stepping back a little from technology, Cal has a couple of suggestions full of a short on detox, cold turkey, unplugging for good. He says, leave your phone at home. If you're concerned that the one time you drive off without a phone, you're going to break down, bring your phone, but keep it off and keep it in your bag or the glove compartment. The point is to go without using it, without checking it. And if you try this, pay attention to how you're feeling. If you were born before 1995, remember, this used to be normal. Another suggestion is to write letters to yourself, you know, journaling. I find, and Cal does too, that I tend to write to myself when things are either really bad to help me get a grip on my worries, or when things are really good, to record the details as a reminder of what a joy life can be. Writing to yourself is just recording your thoughts, only maybe in this way less random and a bit more focused as you're trying to make some sense. And again, when you're writing, you're not utilizing technology. Unless you're wanting to write something more creative and less personal, and then I want to fire up the computer because I can type faster than I can write, which helps me keep up with my thoughts, which is where I ran into the conflict. But, you know, I wound up going on the computer, just not the internet. One more idea from Cal, take a long walk, again, without having your phone on, again, in case you're worried about an emergency. Long walks have long been associated with philosophers and poets, he mentions in the book, Being among the quiet of nature is perfect for giving your brain a huge dose of free thinking. I'd be inclined to bring a paper and pen to jot things down because I wouldn't have my voice memo app to save whatever brilliant ideas and revelations should come about as a result of my nature hike. When I think about it, I realize that being in the car without music or phone calls, I've come up with my amazing driving songs. And in honor of that, here's a new one. If I... If I can drive in silence without being plugged in, then maybe I can sit here too instead of scrolling for a win. In any single hour I could bake or paint or think, but if I'm on my iPad, that hour's gone in a blink. I don't want to be a pigeon packing for a score. I think I'd rather live a life like we did long before. Thank you and good night. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Or forever. I'll be here forever.